So the first thing that I had to do was protect my personal power. So you want to make an impact. You're thinking about starting a business, sharing your voice. How do women do it that handle motherhood, family, and still chase after those dreams? We'll listen each week as we dive into the stories of women who know. This is Call Me CEO. Hello, everyone. This is Camille Walker, your host for Call Me CEO. And today I'm really thinking a lot about the human spirit. I just got back from New York City watching my brother and sister run the New York City Marathon. And they both finished and they both had to dig so deep to finish the race and to create space to reach this dream of theirs. And both of them were at very different levels of preparation. And yet they both achieved the same goal. And as I watched these runners come through, I was thinking again and again that the human spirit and deciding something for yourself and going for that moment and making it happen is so inspiring. And it also made me think that everyone that goes for those goals and achieves those goals, the preparation looks different. The running style looks different. The mind game looks different. And my brother actually pointed this part out to me where he said, you know, those who can finish this race in just over two hours have no idea what mind game it takes to stay out on a track for four hours for five hours, for six hours and more for those who cannot run a race of 26 miles in only a matter of two hours, but it's a different journey for all of us. And I want you to think about that concept as we're listening to today's episode, that your course of action of discovering your inner CEO and also listening to your gut of where you are meant to be and where you're meant to end up is something that only you can identify as you go. So as you're listening to this episode, I want you to know that we are giving away a copy of Embrace Your Inner CEO. There is a code word that I need you to DM to me at camillewalker.co on Instagram or at Podcast on Instagram. Either account is just fine. And you'll be entered to win one of Becca Power's new books that hit the top sellers list on Amazon. So stay tuned for this episode. It's a good one. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Call Me CEO. And today is special because we are talking with Becca Powers, the author of Harness Your Inner CEO, which we were just talking right before this recording started. And she has hit a best-selling author status, which is incredible. Becca is going to talk with us today about how to harness your inner CEO by letting go of guilt and claiming your self-worth. We're going to talk about the ladder of self-worth and what that looks like. So thank you so much, Becca, for being here today. I can't wait to dive in with you on this topic. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dig in. Yay. We're all, I was already squealing like, yes, you were, she was saying she was up there with Mel Robbins with her new book and to hit best author. Like that's incredible. So talk, take me back a few steps. Tell me where you live, where you come from and how you were able to step into this place. Yes. So I currently reside in sunny South Florida and I'm completely enjoying the weather, but how I came into this space was through my career journey. 
I started off, I, I like to say this part of my story stops and restarts on the bathroom floor, but I'll explain that in a second. So, so I, I've been a career sales professional for a long time. I was uh, a regional sales manager for Dell back in 2013. I was a sales leader and I was super passionate and I had this um, belief and I still do that people come before profits. That's like my leadership mantra when I'm leading. Oddly, coincidentally, whichever word you want to say, I got recruited by a company that had a very similar mantra. So I'm like, oh, like stars shining. I'm like, I have to leave Dell and follow this in and go to this company. And I did. But in the process of resigning back in 2013, I had to call my VP of sales to do this. And I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, I am leaving Dell. I was like 35 years old. I'm like, I'm leaving Dell. I'm crazy, but I'm doing it anyway. And I call my VP of sales and I thought he was going to like reject me and tell me I wasn't going to be hireable again. And he told me something opposite. He accepted that my people before Prophet's mission and mantra and told me that he was proud of me and that I was the CEO of my own life. So there you go. That's when it first like dropped in. I was like, oh, I'm the CEO of my own life. I really like the sound of that. Amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. We believe that too. Don't we girls? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. And so, um, but like some things in life, you don't always take that aha or that lesson when it first shows up. So I went to this new company and pretty much within the first couple months, I could tell that it wasn't a fit, but I was bound and determined to prove, here we go, like prove my worth, prove my this, that this was the right job. I left, I wanted to prove to my tech people that I made the right choice. There's a lot of proving going on here, but after three years of working in, in what was a toxic work environment for me, it might not have been toxic for everybody, but it was toxic for me. I ended up getting really sick. I ended up staying in a position way too long that I knew was wrong. And I ended up forming two anxiety disorders, autoimmune disease. And I'm not even going to lie. Like my hair was like falling out in clumps. Like that's how stressed everything, my whole body and everything was. So one day after work, I was just exhausted and fatigued and really couldn't handle it anymore. So I get the kids in bed. I did all the mom things. It's like nine o'clock at night. And I start wiping off my makeup and I just start crying because I couldn't power through again. And I don't know if any of the listeners, or if you can identify with this, but there's a lot of powering through that happens in women. We're like, and a lot of it comes from a positive place. Like I got this, I'm resilient. And, but sometimes too much powering through is bad. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, And so I hit that moment of like, pure desperation. I couldn't power through again. I hit my knees. I'm like, dear God universe. Like, I know I haven't prayed to you in a long time, but uh, if you could help me out of this situation, it would be really amazing. And so there in my moment of desperation, I say my miracle happened and it came in the form of that message coming back to me. Mm. And so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I have that whisper in my head, like you are the CEO of your own life. And I'm like, I'm the CEO of my own life. If I'm the CEO of my own life, then why am I crying on the bathroom floor? (laughs) Like, yeah, I have a lot more power than I think I do. So that's really what brought me here. Like once I was healed enough to write the journey, I was like, wanted to scream to the, from the rooftops, you are the CEO of your life. So that's why I'm here. 
That's amazing. And in that moment, when you transitioned, how able were you to step into that space of letting go of that job? Was that hard for you or was that easy because that moment brought you so much clarity? It was hard and easy. And that I know we'll probably talk a little bit, but I like to call it the end, right? Like it was very hard because even though the job was toxic for me, it had excellent leaders. I had friends there. I had a team that reported to me that relied on me. So there was a lot of emotional breakup that had to happen. Also, I had to have a lot of self-reliancy. I had to believe that I was going, I wanted to go back into the tech industry. I'd left that industry to go to this job. I had to believe in myself enough to go back to tech and believe that I was hireable and, you know, I had to have all my self-worth in place. So it was hard from that aspect because I had to keep my mindset looking forward, but I had that inner power arise. Like I was stepped, I stepped back into my personal power and I was holding it. So then from that space, it was easy. Like opportunities like, you know, came in, all I had to do was say yes and be present. So it really was both. Wow. That's wonderful. So tell me more about the next steps that you took as far as getting into that new role. What, what did you do next? So the first thing that I had to do was protect my personal power. So as you rise and you, you, you know, re-greet yourself and you're standing, like, I like to say, like the Phoenix rising from the ashes, right? You're all filling your power again. You need to protect it. And so that started off for me with some boundaries. I had to, at, at my job, um, start saying no instead of yes. And I know as like, you know, a lot of moms in the audience and as leaders and coaches and people who women, we like to serve, like we like to say yes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we say yes to the point of self-sacrifice. And so I had to start saying no instead of yes, like, no, I can't take that extra meeting. No, I can't take that extra project. And that was hard because then I wasn't as popular or as well-liked and I had to be okay with that. So that's kind of where it started. But as I started saying no, I started to get more time and space, like expansion started. I love the idea of expansion because when we're thinking about living our lives in a greater balance, oftentimes we think that that can be more of scheduling, scheduling the pockets of time that we have to a T where sometimes that means creating expansion or space is actually the better fit because we can have space to let our minds have rest. And I think in our, in our busy paced world, it's so often that creating space and expansion and rest is really the hardest hurdle to overcome and to accept that as a, as an answer to the question we all have, which is how can I have more peace? Right. I love what you're saying. Exactly. And As I chased that balance and that perfect scheduled calendar, that's how I ended up in burnout. So I'm not like the biggest fan of that outward balance game because it gave me no time and space. I was scheduled from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. And then my weekends had schedules in them too. And which is fine. I think we do do um, thrive and structure to a certain degree. But like you were just saying, when you're overscheduled, there's no time, 
there's no expansion, there's no peace, there's no rest. In that space of time and space and rest, that's when opportunities come in, right? That's where expansion comes in. So I, I get really passionate about that topic of balance and being overscheduled. What would you say is the best first step to take? I know we've talked about saying no, but I know that you also have a ladder of self-worth that you like to teach on with helping people create space and being able to say no. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And that would, what I call that is the, the ladder of self-worth. And what I'd like to do is first just talk about there's five rungs to it. So for the listeners, I just want to go through the rungs real fast and then talk about why that order matters. So rung one would be yourself. So if you're looking at the ladder of of self-worth, the very first rung at the tippy tippy top is going to be you. The second one is going to be the universe. That way the universe can support you in your efforts. The third is going to be your intimate relationships. The fourth is going to be that second level of relationships. These might be people you work with or extended family or friends. And then the fifth one is going to be your job, your money, your beliefs. And I know this sounds kind of crazy. Like I've had some people be like, really, you're going to have all that stuff at the bottom because that's everything I'm working for. (laughs) Mm. But that is, that is, it's true. I can say from my own personal experience of some of the things that brought me to the bathroom floor is that I had my job first. I had this belief of people before profits first, and I was all doing it to provide for my family and get us to that next level. But I had that for, I had my job first, my family second, probably the universe third, the other people fourth, and I was fifth. And, you know, I'll pause there because I don't know if there's anything that you want to throw in, but from that space of being on the bottom, metaphorically, it happened in real life. I ended up on the bathroom floor. Hmm. So walk me through your thought process of these rungs. Like, is it like someone we're starting at the top and we're working our way down or we have to work from the bottom to the top? I'm not quite sure what the orientation is as far as, you know, conceptualizing this. Yes. So thank you for that. So everyone's going to be at it. Everybody's ladder looks different. So that's what a healthy ladder looks like, or a thriving ladder. I like to say that's what a thriving ladder looks like, but you need to identify where you are on that ladder of self-worth in my example that I came in at the, the end, I was at the bottom, right? So I wasn't able to thrive. And, you know, as a mom, what I learned is I, I shared some of, um, I'm just going to digress for one second. Cause I think it'll help give some context. I shared, like I had autoimmune, I formed autoimmune disease and all this stuff, but what happened because I sacrificed myself to the point of illness externally, I wasn't present for the relationships that meant the most to me, which were my kids and my husband. I wasn't there for for myself. So how could I be there for them? Right. So I really had to look at this ladder and understand where I was and where everything else was. And then you asked where to start. Like I had to bring myself. So I was number five, I was at the bottom and I had to bring myself to number one. Right. So that's, and it starts with considering yourself at least as much as you consider other things. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So we're talking about like a list of priorities. So you're talking about prioritizing yourself first. Mm-hmm. So you're actually top, starting at the top of the ladder and working your way down. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. The outcome would be you on top, but yeah. not everyone obviously starts there. So yeah. Okay. All right. So we're starting with ourselves as the top priority, working our way down. And that is so that we can create a better balance with giving it's that whole, like pouring into yourself first so you can give to other people, but talk to me again about your concept of the universe versus your beliefs, your belief system. Tell me how you're identifying the difference between those two. Yeah, because it took a lot to kind of conceptualize this, but beliefs are not always facts, right? Beliefs are ours. They're personal. And a lot of times they come down from family or from experiences. And what I believe is not what you believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that anytime that you are, even for the most noble reasons, if you are putting a belief above yourself, you're lessening yourself and that it's going to impact your self-worth over time. Like for an example, and I'll, I'll make that this is like blew my mind when I reflected on it. But in the pursuit for this job, like I said, it aligned with this very, very like mission-based mantra that I had people before profits. I took a salary cut to go to it because I believed in it that much while I was raising four kids in middle school. Like if I was to (laughs) redo that, like, and like my self-worth immediately was impacted just by that decision. Yeah. Immediately. Right. And so that's where I knew that beliefs aren't something that I should put over myself. Mm-hmm. They need to be, be lower. And I do believe that people should come before beliefs for the most part. Like we're human, like our relationships need to have a priority over. Like if I think about just that one decision, I took a pay cut was almost a third of my salary pay cut. That decision, because I followed a belief impacted my family it impacted my friendships because I was stressed out. So it's like when you can wrap your mind around how our, you know, a decision can impact so many things. I don't believe that our priorities should be money or beliefs. And uh, so that's why that ended up at the bottom. Okay. So would you say that number two rung could be interchangeably someone's belief in God and the universe? And then that last one is like your core beliefs. Yes. That last so it's one kind of be... like, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you, your higher power, your spouse. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That, that I'm, I'm with you now. So that means you, the higher power, your spouse, the people you work most intimately, intimately with in your life. And then all the, other and stuff. then all the other stuff. Okay. Yes. I got you. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's really good to talk about, right? Like getting yeah. the clarity around that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Would you say that finding that resource of clarity for you moving forward was what enabled you to write this book? How did you decide that you wanted to become an author? How did, what was that process like? That's a great question too. No, I always knew I was supposed to be an author and that kind of, uh, will lead into like the, the, and a little bit that I is one of the topics I do want to get into, but I always knew I was supposed to be an author ever since I was a little kid. I, I wrote, I journaled. And I just, I believe that all of us have a unique creative expression, right? And I always knew I wanted to write. I was really shy. 
COVID gave me the chance to come out of the writer's closet, as I like mm. to say, mm-hmm. but it also, my confidence was increased as I, you know, harnessed my inner CEO. I followed what I knew was my truth. And, um, when I got to a place that I wanted to share it with people, I just knew that I had to write. It was there. So, but it was also came from this place of me accepting myself wholly and saying like, I am a writer. Like I I have this gift and I've always had it. And I've been so shy about it because I was so afraid of being judged. You know, I was afraid that if I leaned into my and as a mom, if I tried to put one more thing on my plate, that it would somehow like the guilt would arise or I, I had to wait till I retired before I could pursue passions that I was interested in. And I just, that's so not true, but you know, so that's kind of, once I knew that I had a framework that I could really help people become, help them become the CEO of their life. Then I was like, I have to have the courage to write. That's amazing. (laughs) So, so I guess I might've skipped a step because you left that job with Dell, you found a new job that you hated, but you wanted Uh to stick it through. And then what, what happened between that point and now that created this system for you? So it's a very good question. So I had, I knew at that moment when I hit the bathroom floor that I was ready to go back to tech, like tech's my home. I I love it. And I needed to embrace my self-confidence and my self-worth. So when that thought came back to me, you are the CEO of your life, right? I was like, yes, I am the CEO of my life. And I literally made a phone call to like one of my best friends who's in tech. And I was just like, Jesse, I am over this. Like I'm over playing small. I'm over, you know, sacrificing myself. I'm ready to go back into tech. And I wasn't looking for a job, but in that moment, I like to call it that moment of surrender. When I hit the floor, like my call out was I am willing to do things differently. I'm willing to see possibility where I wasn't able to see possibility. I'm willing to just like look with eyes wide open at the world. And that was the point of expansion for me. And so um, at, within 24 hours, I had a job lead and that job lead led me back to tech. Wow. And I doubled my income on the way out. So. Woo! There we go. <laughs> And isn't that interesting that when you let yourself actually receive and be open to what is available for you, that that's often when your real path opens up. I feel like that's kind of the secret of, you know, like they say the secret is just like being open to that receiving. It is the secret sauce. And that's why I have the universe's number two or your higher power Mm -hmm. on the ladder of self-worth, because Mm -hmm. this is what I realized. I was like, you know, I was willing to put myself first. I was willing to pull myself out of a bad situation. I was willing to see what was open. And I think in some of my prior days, I had the universe first of like, like almost as if I was smaller. And once that job lead came in and then like, I was doubling my income, I was like, oh my God, the universe wants to support me. It can't support me if I'm below it. Right. Right. And I think of myself, I had this epiphany, like this aha moment as a mother, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I would never want any of my kids sacrificing themselves for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I would be like, honey, no, you tell me what you need and let me know. 
Cause I'm going to support you. Right. Yeah. And I think of that, like my relationship with the universe, like I had it kind of upside down. I'm like, no, the universe wants to support me. I need to be like, Hey, this is where I want to go. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, here's your opportunities. So sorry. <laughs> you know? I love that. I think that that's something that is, a, it's kind of what we're conditioned to do and listen where I'm going with this. Cause it's a, a new epiphany I've had is that oftentimes when we're raised, we're told to make a wish but keep it a secret or else it won't come true. And you hear that with a, a star, you hear that with your birthday candles, you hear it with whatever. And so I thought, you know, that's really the opposite of the way that energy and intention and welcoming greatness comes. It's by claiming what you want, writing it down, telling someone and creating space for that to flow into your life. And so the other day, my daughter was, blowing out a candle. And I said, well, what was your, what was your wish? And she she said, I can't tell you it won't come true. And I said, that's not true because you need to tell the universe what you want. You need to ask for what you want and you need to say it out loud. And the, and when you say it to someone, it's 10 times, if not a hundred times more likely to happen because you're saying it and claiming it. And she's like, oh my gosh. Okay. So she told me, And she's a sweetheart and said something like, I want COVID to end, you know, just like this pure, pure wish of a child. But I thought, you know, from now on, I'm going to teach my kids that you say your wishes, you claim that space, because that is where the magic happens. Because if we keep it a secret, it just stays buried. I love that so much. And I have the goosebumps from head to toe, (laughs) because that's, that's exactly right. And what I learned is that's how it works. That's real manifestation. That's how the miracles happen. It doesn't come from keeping it stuffed in. I stayed stuffed in for three years and look how sick I got. Right. Yeah. And, and just kudos to you too, for telling your daughter that that's like something that can change the trajectory of her life. Yeah. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, That's really incredible. Yeah. So let's talk about writing this book. Now you're back into the tech world. Is that what was that progression from being in that tech position and then claiming this space for writing your book? So it was a, it started with that prioritization of Mm -hmm. myself and restoring my self-worth. And once I was able to prioritize myself, and I know I said in the earlier in this episode, I was just talking about a little bit about saying no instead of yes, but those Mm -hmm. were some of that doing that a few times helped my self-confidence. Yeah. And as my confidence and my self-worth began to restore, I realized that I had all these gifts and talents and not just writing, but within my job, I realized, oh my gosh, I love to create from self-expression. No wonder I've been in sales my entire life. Like there was a point in time where I was like, am I even in the right career field? Even though I've had Mm -hmm. awards and I've won things, I was just like, am I really a salesperson? Like, is that my career? And at some point I owned it as my career, but after this transition, I was like, I'm a salesperson. Like I love tech. I love what I do. I get to transform organizations and I love transformation on a personal level. And now I'm doing that in my, like my full-time job as well. I just found like this joy in what I was doing. And then here comes more expansion, right? My confidence is increased. My self-worth increased. I'm finding joy in my work, which I hadn't in a long time. And then I'm getting recruited, like, you know, my, like I'm number one, I was like, number one, they're the competitors are seeing me. They're like, oh, she's beating me in all the accounts. And then I kept getting offers and each offer was better than the next one. And 
and now I'm sitting in a, uh, at a company called Fortinet and I am absolutely in love with what I do. I am no longer a sales leader. I left that position and went into executive level sales. And I think this is a really part, important part of the story because if you're listening, whether you're an entrepreneur or you know, you're a mom thinking about going back to work or you're in a corporate position doing the mom, the entrepreneur, like you're doing it all, just owning yourself makes the difference. I was authentically expressing myself. I'm honoring that I love transformation. I don't care if it's business transformation or personal transformation. I'm in the transformation space because I started loving what I'm doing. I'm making more money now as, as a salesperson than I was as a sales leader, A. And B, I'm working for an organization that completely supports me being an entrepreneur on the side that completely supports me being an author. They're written into the book. They're excited for me. And so it's breaking through every barrier that I ever had in my head that you can't be, you can't work corporate and be a writer. You can't work, you know, corporate and have a side business and be supported mm -hmm. doing it. I can't be a mom and have all these things going on. Yes, you can. You know, now I have all these things going on and I'm also very protective of my evenings. So I have time for my kids. I'm cherishing my weekends more. So I'll stop there, but there's just so much. Yeah. Gosh, I'm so excited to read your book and it is now available. And I was going to let all of you know who are listening, I'm going to give you a keyword on this episode. And I want you to go to my Instagram page, call me CEO podcast or camillewalker.co and tell me what the keyword is, but you have to DM it to me. So the keyword for this episode to win the book is I'll let you choose it, Becca. What do you want the keyword to be? Inner CEO. Okay. Inner CEO and DM that to me for your chance to win your very own book. And before we end here, Becca, I just want to hear just some quick rapid fire questions. Now that we've been through kind of this transformation and going through those rungs of self-worth, what would you say your number one way to decompress is? Meditation. What would you say your favorite way to spend time with your spouse is? Uh, drinking coffee in the morning before everybody wakes up. What would you say your favorite thing to do with your kids is? Uh, I love just going to like a, a park and walking with them. They're teenagers now, but that one-on-one -on -one time is really cool. Oh, that's awesome that they'll still go with you. Well, this mm -hmm. has been so much fun to spend this time with you today. Please tell everyone where they can find your book and support you online. Awesome. So you can find the book on Amazon's probably the easiest it's harness your inner CEO. Uh, you can also find it on my website, which is beccapowers.com. And all my handles are super easy to find too. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's all the same at Becca powers, 1313. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. Thank you. It was awesome conversation. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. I would love it if you would leave a review where you are listening to this episode. Reviews on Apple or any, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Spotify or Audible or Amazon or any of those, please leave a review. That helps so much. And I would love it if you came and talked to me on Instagram. I love having one-on-one -on -one conversations with you and it means the world when you tell me that you love these episodes. 
I cannot tell you how much it means to know that there are people listening on the other side and to hear your thoughts and your inspiration and talk to you about your goals. So come talk with me over there. Thank you for your reviews and thank you for referring to your friends.